Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Thursday, January 4th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ex-St. Louis County police officer Matthew McCullough was indicted by a grand jury last month after prosecutors say he fired a weapon at a children's trunk-or-treat event in Kirkwood. The memories are still fresh for members of the Shaw family. And I saw him, you know, raise the gun, point it, you know, in the air, and then start firing shots in the air. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Lucretia Wembley will have more about the indictment, and she'll tell us how the Shaw family is doing. Missouri legislators have an extra must-pass item this year in Jefferson City. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg has more on yesterday's start of the 2024 legislative session. Normally, Missouri lawmakers have one major required responsibility, passing the annual budget. This year, they have the added-on task of passing the Federal Reimbursement Allowance, or FRA, which funds most of Missouri's share of Medicaid payments. Speaker Dean Plocker spoke on the importance of passing the FRA during his opening speech to House members, which received bipartisan applause. But Minority Leader Crystal Quaid stated concerns over possible hurdles for the FRA in the Senate. It is deeply concerning. The last time the FRA was was up, we weren't able to get it done. We had to go to a special session. The Republicans in the Senate were adding birth control bans to that conversation. The legislature runs through mid-May. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. A special state legislative committee is recommending the gradual phase-out of the earnings tax in St. Louis and Kansas City. It also supports the legal action against St. Louis calling for reimbursements to remote workers charged the 1% levy. Committee Chair Jim Murphy says the group's recommendations have been given to the Speaker of the Missouri House. The Republican state representative from St. Louis County says proposals promote fairness, encourage economic growth, and help low-income workers. There is also a call to exempt new residents and establish special zones to boost population and business growth in St. Louis. Missouri's juvenile officers play a critical role in deciding whether children in allegedly abusive situations are removed from their homes. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, some lawmakers want the state's attorney general to oversee the officials. Among other things, juvenile officers determine whether abuse or neglect claims are credible enough to remove children from a home. They're currently overseen by judges, but State Senator Travis Fitzwater's legislation would make them attorney general employees. Fitzwater, a Callaway County Republican, says there's an inherent conflict of interest with the judicial branch overseeing juvenile officers. It's just, one, again, one more level of tension in the system that hopefully that we make it as independent as possible. The legislation is likely to face opposition from juvenile officers who say the plan will require a substantial financial commitment from the state. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois' troubled child welfare agency will have a new director next month. Heidi Mueller will take over for Mark Smith as head of the Department of Children and Family Services. Mueller currently leads Illinois' Department of Juvenile Justice. Smith had announced plans to leave at the end of December, but will now stay on through this month. Cook County Public Guardian Charles Golbert works with the department and praises Mueller's appointment. What the department needs is uh, someone who has a reputation like she does as a reform-minded thinker, as a forward thinker, as a futuristic type of thinker. 
Mueller still needs to be confirmed by the state Senate. A sixth St. Louis County municipality has settled a lawsuit over keeping people in jail because they could not pay fines or fees. Florissant will pay nearly $3 million to 85,000 people. Individual amounts will be determined by time spent in jail. The city has also agreed to permanently forgive all unpaid fines for traffic violations between October 21st of 2011 and the end of 2019. The municipal court will also have to base a person's bond on an ability to pay. The legal advocacy nonprofit Arch City Defenders filed a series of lawsuits in 2016 challenging the practice in seven cities. Only Ferguson has yet to settle its case. Exterior advertisements are being pulled off metro buses and trains. St. Louis Public Radio's Lauren Brennecke reports the change started this week. As of January 1st, advertisements started moving inside Metro vehicles. CEO of Bi-State Development Agency, Talby Roach, says the decision was made to encourage a more polished St. Louis. We want to reflect the values and investments of our community. Some residents and leadership, they just didn't like them. It's kind of jarring to see a 40-foot bus wrapped in pink. The company is projected to see a loss of more than half a million dollars in advertising revenue. A new color scheme will replace these advertisements as buses are taken out of service for maintenance. I'm Lauren Brennecke, St. Louis Public Radio. Several children and their families were traumatized in October when prosecutors say a St. Louis County police officer fired his weapon during a trunk or treat event at a middle school in Kirkwood. St. Louis Public Radio's Lucretia Wembley spoke with one of the families participating as witnesses in the grand jury indictment. It's been nearly three months since Bobby Shaw, his wife, and two sons were at a trunk or treat at North Kirkwood Middle School on October 15th. It was a day that started out like any other, until Shaw says former St. Louis County police officer Matthew McCullough disrupted the festivities. And I saw him, you know, raise the gun, point it, you know, in the air, and then start firing shots in the air. It had only been minutes since Bobby and his family arrived, and they were quickly separated in the commotion. The act of shooter training his 9- and 12-year-old sons had gotten at school kicked in as the boys instinctively ran for safety. Bobby and his wife, Lisa, struggled to find them. You know, I'm thinking, like, what she's screaming about? You know, I'm thinking, is one of my kids hurt? You know, and, and all that. And then, you know, I, I hear her yelling, have you seen our kids? You know, and I'm thinking... What do you mean, have I seen our kids? Police records show McCullough fired 12 shots straight into the air while shouting that everyone would die. Bobby says McCullough was tackled and disarmed by some of the parents, while Lisa says kids were everywhere. People had um, run for the baseball dugouts, had run to a friend of ours. Actually, a lady I work out with her, she, she said she was having a birthday party for her daughter. She hurt, saw kids running, just opened her garage and let kids in. Um, so nobody knew where their children were. It's not clear what led to McCullough's behavior, but his attorney, Brian Milliken, says in court documents that McCullough needs a mental health evaluation and treatment. According to Milliken, McCullough's criminal history is clean and he doesn't have a history of violence against others. While no one was physically injured in the shooting, the incident certainly left a mark on the Shaw family, especially nine-year-old George. I mean, it was a bit scary to do some things alone at night or in the day for like maybe like a week or two. But then eventually I got used to it and just like put it behind and didn't care about it anymore. But sometimes whenever I hear loud bangs or stuff, it my mind goes to that. 
His 12-year-old brother Henry says he had nightmares after the incident. But for their parents, there are other memories that haunt them. The three things that like I'll never forget is, number one, all the kids knew to run. Yeah, all of them. Like they, they just ran. knew. Mm-hmm. You know, and the second part was just the silence. I mean, it was dead silent, you know, after those first few shots went off. And this is yeah. a pretty generally a pretty lively event and then the third part was just hearing the parents yelling for their kids not knowing where they were you know that those things are just you you don't forget something like that you know several families who were there the day of the incident are serving as witnesses in mccullough's grand jury indictment including the shaws police say the case is being handled by the conviction and incident review unit an independent unit formed in 2019 to handle cases involving police officers and other public figures But Bobby says families are hoping McCullough is not treated with favoritism due to him being the son of former St. Louis County Prosecutor Bob McCullough. He's also the nephew of St. Charles County Prosecutor Joe McCullough. I think there's a general sense of concern in the community that his his status or his family connections or his position, we're all concerned that that will have some bearing, you know, on on the judicial system, you know. The St. Louis County Police Department says McCullough is no longer an officer there. A St. Louis County grand jury charged McCullough in November in a 15-count indictment that includes seven counts of armed criminal action, six counts of endangering the welfare of a child, one count of a terrorist threat, and a single count of unlawful use of a weapon. McCullough will now be allowed to post bond, and his bail was reduced to $250,000 this week. He is required to report to a psychiatric facility with 24-hour supervision and is not allowed to contact victims or his children and ex-wife. I'm Lucretia Wembley, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Moline edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.